Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Oh, do you know what time it is? Yes, boys and girls, it's not howdy-doody time. It's time for Dr. History, world famous, and a traveler that's known all over from airports from here to London to Shanghai, and he's on the air now, Dr. Ken Turner, better known as Dr. History, brought to you by Minicash Sales at 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. You know Zach, don't you? Really nice guy, super nice people with everything you need for your spring and summer remodeling projects right there at Minicasha Sales. And I'll tell you more about them in just a few moments. But right now here is Dr. History. Good morning, Zab. How are you doing today? I'm good, my friend. Good. Good. Now, last week, let's see, I'm trying to remember, last week we were, um, we had some uh, stories about railroad, right? No, that was the graveyard, the Bodie County oh, yeah. Cemetery. Yeah, that's right, Bodie, yeah. California. Yeah. Yeah. And this week, what are we going to do? Leave the cemetery and go elsewhere? We're going to go out on the high plains. Out on the high plains. (laughs) Turn your mic up just a little bit like that. There you go. I don't want to miss anything of your golden tones. And uh, whereabouts on the high plains? Uh, Around Kansas. Really? Yeah, somewhere in there. A lot of bad things happen in Kansas. You know that? There are. This is kind of a fun story. Uh, Now, you and I are both horse lovers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Nothing like watching a beautiful horse run full speed across a pasture or the plains or on a racetrack we, there's just a beauty of a horse oh right? yeah the mane and tail flowing in the yeah. breeze and the ears laid back and oh man it's something else so we're going to talk about a horse by the name of black kettle black kettle black kettle and i'll explain why he got that name so here we are traveling over the smoky hill trail had been hot and tiring for the party of pioneers in june of 1867 okay and they were glad when they circled their wagons for the night several miles east of fort wallace in northwest kansas now soon they relaxed with their evening meal grazing just outside the circle of wagons was a group of kentucky thoroughbred horses mm-hmm. the pioneers were taking them to salt lake for breeding purposes now, history does mention that one of the animals, a black yearling stud colt, stood out above the rest. Just a magnificent, beautiful black horse. Now, the colt and other horses grazed and rested, but about dawn, a band of Cheyenne Indians under Chief Black Kettle swooped down on the camp. The Cheyennes ran off the stock, including the stud colt. Well, watching from the protection of their wagons, the pioneers watched as the Indians herded the horses away, and at first the Indians had no trouble controlling the animals, but pretty soon this stud colt veered away and hid out across, uh, out across country by himself. Now, three or four Indians gave chase, but the colt gave them too much, and they had to let him go. So after about a mile, they just gave up, and within a few days, this stud colt joined a band of wild horses. Now, as the weeks and months passed, the colt matured. He fought many battles for leadership with other wild stallions and eventually acquired his own herd. Now, by the early 1870s, he ranged over a large portion uh, there in Kansas. 
And uh, in 1873, hardly a week went by that some soldier or buffalo hunter or traveler did not report seeing this noble and beautiful stallion with his herd. Mm. Now, his glossy coat was coal black. Uh, He had a long mane that reached nearly to the ground. And when he stood erect... uh, but when he was in motion with his head, it lay back and it made him look a foot taller because this long, beautiful mane and the tail stringing out look, made him look like he was 20 feet long. Really? Just a beautiful black horse. Wow. But uh, anyway, in 1873, the soldiers and traders at Fort Wallace learned the stallion's history from friendly Cheyenne Indians. The Indians related how they had tried unsuccessfully to capture the horse many times. The soldiers at the fort soon began calling the stallion Black Kettle's Colt because Black Kettle was the chief of the Indians who ran the horse off from the pioneers. I see. So that's how he got the name uh, of Black Kettle. Okay. Now, a lot of men tried to capture Black Kettle. One of them was a guy named Homer Wheeler. And with the help of soldiers, Wheeler surrounded Black Kettle one night in a circle around the stallion and his mares. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he posted a soldier every half mile. Now, his plan was to chase Black Kettle around the inside of the circle using a fresh horse and rider every hour. Then when Black Kettle became exhausted, Wheeler would send in a cowboy to rope the tired horse. And that sounds... Makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, unless, you know, how big an area and what kind of a confined area was it well, in? Well, it's kind of in the plains, but it's a big area. I see. And to have okay. a guy every half mile, that's still a big area. Yeah. So, it seems like he could have got away easily. Well, Black Kettle was too smart for Wheeler. Yeah. Before he could begin chasing Black Kettle at dawn, the stallion and his mares broke through, just like you've guessed. Yeah. And disgusted, Wheeler returned to Fort Wallace, where he offered $200 to any man who could capture Black Kettle. Really? Okay. So a man by the name of Cole, he was a buffalo hunter. Now, he heard Wheeler make the offer, and he said, doggone it, I'll get that horse. Really? Those were exact. Doggone it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. <laughs> he, he was a, a gentleman. Yes, he was. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, Cole set out on foot after the horse. Uh-huh. Now, his plan was to walk the animal down, crease him, and then hobble Black Kettle before he woke up. Now, this creasing, and I'm going to interrupt you right there, and I want you to explain that, but boy, that could have been very dangerous. Creasing wild horses was a common practice yep. in the 1870s. It was. And Mustangers, as the wild horse hunters were called, would fire a rifle ball through the top of the horse's neck yep. about a foot from the ears. Yep. It would temporarily paralyze, but not permanently hurt the horse, hopefully. Yeah, you had to be, had to be, keywords yeah. a crack shot. Yes. Well, a few hours after leaving camp, Cole spotted black cattle. The stallion and his herd were grazing on a ridge about 10 miles away, and uh, uh, seeing Cole, black cattle took his mares and ran. Now, on foot, this doesn't make sense to me, but on foot, Cole followed at a brisk walk. At a brisk walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes trotting. Which left him 37 <laughs> miles behind the horse. Well, after two miles, Colt had the feeling that uh, Black Kettle had changed course, and far away on the horizon, in every direction, he saw wild horses, uh-huh. and one bunch larger than the others was slowly moving west. So, taking the chance, he began walking west, and Cole moved close enough to the horses to see that their leader was not black kettle now again going on foot across the plains chasing a horse 
Doesn't make a lot of sense. This to me. guy doesn't sound like he graduated with honors. No, no. Okay. So now, what Cole did not know was that Black Kettle was smarter than most wild horses. Mm-hmm. Instead of running in a wide circle within ten miles of a watering hole, as most wild horses did, Black Kettle had two watering places, uh-huh. and they were twenty miles apart. Yeah. So Black Kettle would sometimes run that twenty miles in a straight line when he was scared. So yeah, there's a lot of people that have a drink after work do that, so their wives can't find it. <laughs> That's right. So the next day, Cole again searched for the stallion without success. And anyway, he said he'd return later to capture Black Kettle, but he never did. Uh-huh. So through the 1870s, Black Kettle was chased by more men than any other horse on the plains between Kansas and Kansas City and Denver. And anyway, he's the subject of a lot of stories around the campfire. And uh, about this time, there's a guy the name of Lockhart and his partner, Bill Simpson. They began to dream of the day when they would capture Black Kettle. That's a good way to stop right there. And the capturing of Black Kettle will continue momentarily. But right now, we're going to have a word from our sponsor, Old Zack Attack at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Number to call for all of your spring remodeling and summer remodeling needs is 878-2091. These are really great folks that have all the lumber packages to choose from. They've got all the shingles. They've got all the upgrade of your windows to save on energy efficiency. They've got all your carpet. They've got everything and the people to put it in, too. Zach and the rest of the crew at Minicasha Sales. Oh, and they've got the Tartar Farm and Ranch equipment, too. Man, they've got it all at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, 878-2091. And now back to Black Kettle and the capturing of the black horse. Okay, so here we have Frank Lockard and his partner Bill Simpson. They thought sure they could capture the, uh, this horse. He'd uh, caught a lot of Mustangs before, and he was sure that he could uh, catch them. So, well, late one afternoon, as Lockard and Simpson started for camp, another bunch of wild horses came into view. Although more than a mile away, a look through the field glasses settled the question as to the leader's identity. It was Black Kettle. There was no mistake about it. His long mane and tail were plainly visible, and Lockhart wanted to give chase. But Simpson said, no, you know, this is late in the afternoon. Your horse is tired. Let's wait until morning. So Lockhart agreed it would be better to wait. So at first light, uh, they headed out. Lockhart was in the saddle. He was sure he would take his prize that day, and it took him two hours to locate Black Kettle. And he said, I weighed 140 pounds at that time and was hardened to the saddle. I could ride 100 miles without tiring, and I had a corn-fat horse that was tough as anything. He says, I started after him on a stiff lope going out at about 10 miles an hour and held that same rate of speed for the next 10 hours. Oh, no, wait a minute. 10 hours I in question, the saddle. I question that one. Well... I do a little bit, too. Okay. <laughs> Ten hours All right. at, a, at a lope. Anyway. Yeah. But Lockhart did not capture Black Kettle that day. He never got even close to the stallion. Now, as darkness closed in, the temperature started to go down, and Lockhart lost sight of Black Kettle. Now, Lockhart made camp, and he wrapped himself in his saddle blanket, but the sweat moistened blanket soon froze stiff, and fearing he might freeze to death, Lockhart saddled his horse, and uh, alternating between riding and walking, he kept moving all night, because he didn't realize how far away he was from camp, and nearly froze to death. A lot of these guys don't seem like college graduates. <laughs> they don't. You know. So here we are. Okay, it's January. Uh, so it's wintertime. January? January, 1880. Okay. Lockhart and Simpson returned to Black Kettle's range and set up camp, and by this time, they had six extra corn-fat saddle horses. Just, you know, 
prime horses, yeah. supposedly. Yeah. So before preparing to go after Black Kettle again, Lockhart went to visit a wild horse, a guy by the name of Wild Horse Johnson. Now, Lockhart found Johnson, who was a crusty old plainsman who'd caught more wild Mustangs than he could count. Well, Lockhart asked Johnson how he caught wild horses. And he said, I followed them in a buckboard until they became sore-footed, and then I corral them. Once I corral them, I just catch them. He followed in a buckboard? In a buckboard. you got to be kidding me. Okay. So Johnson learned that Lockhart was after Black Kettle, and he said, I chased him once for two days and then lost him. And he says, he's been run so much that he's very wild, he's cunning. And Johnson told Lockhart not to even bother going after Black yeah. Kettle. Yeah. He said, there are hundreds of other horses out there on the prairie that are worth a lot more than Black Kettle. But Lockhart did not heed uh, Wild Horse Johnson's advice. The horse was already an obsession with him. After thanking Johnson for his hospitality, Lockhart returned to camp and prepared to resume his plan to capture Black Kettle, who by this time was about 13 years old. I mean, that's a horse pretty much in its prime. Well, yeah. So, But deep inside, Lockhart still wanted to capture Black Kettle and... So he decided to follow Wild Horse Johnson's advice. So instead of chasing the stallion on horseback, he would pursue the horse in a light buckboard. Okay, now that tells me of a very limited amount of places where you could travel. See, now that's what appears to me. Uh, It must have been fairly flat through that whole area. Well, Kansas is flat, but, I mean, you still got rocks and little hills and washes and everything. And how are you going to follow a wild horse in a buckboard? Well... That's a questionable thing, but that's what he tried. Okay. But he put food and water for himself and his team on the buckboard yeah. so he could water himself and the horses and feed them. But, okay, now here we are, June of 1880. Lockhart set out in his buggy to find Black Kettle. Okay. Okay, within two hours, he spotted the stallion and the chase was on. But Lockhart didn't try to catch the horse. Instead, he just jogged along in his buggy after the stallion and the mayors. What do you do, sing him a song or something, <laughs> yes. for heaven's sake? He was just kind of moseying along. Moseying. Uh, yeah, he said, I learned that speed was not necessary, that if a horse was kept moving constantly, his feet would soon give out. So uh-huh. he, was, he was just kind of trailing him, really, is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. So for the first three days, Black Kettle and his mares ran away when they saw Lockhart. But on the fourth day, Lockhart could see them limping along only a half a mile away. Mm-hmm. Well, when the horses went to water, Lockhart returned to camp for a change of horses and a fresh supply of food. Now at dawn on the fifth day morning, or the fifth morning, Lockhart hitched his team to the buckboard, started after Black Kettle, and what happened next is uh, best told in his own words. He says, I had driven only a short two miles when I heard something that sounded like distant thunder. The earth seemed to tremble, and as I looked about, I discovered wild horses coming from all directions. Black Kettle broke into the wild run, and other bunches fell in alongside of him. My team wanted to run, and I let them out at full speed. Now With that, a buckboard? Now, again, <laughs> questioning the sanity. Hey! You're, you're hey, in it. Hey, yeah. Okay, picture that. You're in with a whole bunch of wild horses. In a buckboard. In a buckboard. Bouncing like bouncing, a spalding basketball. Running, you know. And he said, I could see horses coming from everywhere. Uh-huh. We had only run a short time when there were hundreds of them all running their very best. Yeah, keep going. So I looked to the right, and I saw a herd of buffalo. <laughs> oh, this is going to get nasty. Okay, about 50 in number running parallel with the horses. Uh-huh. you got a whole lot of running going here. And one buckboard <laughs> caused all this wreck. <laughs> yeah. So he said they ran along in this direction for about 10 miles. Um, 10 miles. I'm having a hard time with this. Okay. Now, Black Kettle was near the center of the long line, which extended a half a mile on either side of him. Yeah. So you got a mile. That's from sp- here to Hanson. Yeah, spread out of, of wild horses and buffalo. 
Now, Black Kettle was near the center of the long line, which extended, like I say, a half mile on each side. He said we were going very fast, obviously. My team soon began to work and weaken, but I applied the whip and kept them as near as I could. After 10 miles, the yeah. team started to finally weaken? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So he says, my team was exhausted and t- stopped as soon as I quit laying the whip on them. Uh-huh. O- obviously, again. And he said, I must have run 30 miles that morning. 30 uh, miles. I don't know. Now, he says this. He said, I had killed a team that was worth more than 100 wild horses. In other words, he ruined his team of horses. Absolutely. Because that's what happens if you run a horse too long. Do you think? You run, you run them. So, <laughs> so the next morning, he left camp at dawn with a fresh team, met Black Kettle and his mares returning to their home range. He again began to follow the stallion and his mares, a daily routine, routine that was the last 24 more days. Oh, no. In a buckboard? Just following him. <laughs> so each morning, Lockhart would uh. set out in his buckboard, locate Black Kettle, follow the stallion and his mares, and late in the afternoon on most days, he would just return to camp, spend the night, go out again the next day. For $200? Well, I, I, no, we don't know how much it was worth. Oh No, but didn't the guy oh, offer oh, yeah, $200? 200. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, on the morning of the 30th day uh, of Lockhart's buggy pursuit, he this came... a up, month. A month. He came upon Black Kettle and 29 mares moving along in a slow walk. Now, Lockhart was able to move close enough to Black Kettle and the mares to touch them with his whip. Black Kettle had lost interest. His feet were so sore that he could he would stop for a minute and then, you know, hold up one foot. And you've seen horses like that oh, that yeah. have sore yeah, feet. Absolutely. And uh, so the bunch had stopped and he was acting, you know, like he was done. So Lockhart moved behind Black Kettle and the mares and drove them along. And the horses offered no resistance. After a few trials, Lockhart was able to get Black Kettle and 16 of the 29 mares into a corral. He'd finally walked Black Kettle into submission. Oh, my goodness sakes. Now, before nightfall, Lockhart succeeded in saddling and riding this tired, tired, foot-sore horse. I'm not buying this. <laughs> Black Kettle. Hey, it's in the book. It's got to be true, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Black Kettle was as tame as Lockhart's own horse, and he had tasted victory, so he says. Uh-huh. Now, people came from all over to view the legendary Black Kettle, but somehow, you know, the romance and the adventure had been associated with the horse was kind of gone. And what was even worse is Lockhart trimmed the horse's mane and tail uh, which was the beautiful part of the horse, you know? Yeah. Well, in time, he sold Black Kettle, and this once magnificent horse began the lowly task of pulling a milk wagon. You know, This sad. is sad. And eventually, he sold him to a farmer who used Black Kettle on a plow. Oh, my Became goodness. Became a plow sakes. horse. Yeah. Well, in the early 1890s, Black Kettle passed into the hands of a guy named Harlan Day. How old was he then? Uh, gosh, I don't he know. Well, no, I can tell you here. Just a second. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, he, he uh, sold him to this farmer, and he had him until 1896. Black Kettle died at the age of 30 years. Oh, my. Which is kind of old for a horse. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when they hit 30, that's yeah. pretty unusual. But that's the story of Black Kettle, the beautiful wild stallion. That You know, it's some things, and uh, I know a lot of people might not agree with this, but I'm just going to say it. Some things deserve to be left alone. Yeah. Some things deserve to be left alone. You know, and I, re- I think appreciated. Yes. 
Now, when I see this story or read this story, I think of the old story of Black Beauty and some of yeah. the other horses that, yeah. you know, they're just beautiful animals. And You know, I think that the wild Mustang, and I'm going to state my case on this, I think that there's overgrazing on the range and there's overpopulated numbers that need to be managed. And I heavily support the BLM and their Mustang programs. I really do. But you, there's still a part of me that always says, I've ran wild horses way back in the early 70s and quite frankly when they come across the crest of a hill or down through a ravine and you see them man that is something you'll never see again that is that free yeah what a beautiful sight to see horses just running free and wild on the range and going and taunting humankind yeah yeah (laughs) they're not as dumb as we think sometimes oh no 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 well needless to say in your story there were some dumb humans in there (laughs) that's true (laughs) all right that's a good story but uh i just think they should have left him alone yeah let him go i mean he's a had a reputation he was a beautiful animal yeah let him let him live till he dies out on the range you doctor history wild and free wild and free that's right (laughs) let him go (laughs) what are we going to talk about next week you know i don't have a clue but i will tell you this i've been reading a book right now about uh uh good night good night charlie good night yeah charlie good night trail yeah you know i want to say something here to you and uh, i hope you're not offended by this but uh, this story is a classic example that sometimes i think the stories of the old west sometimes were highly exaggerated because at that time people thought there couldn't be any uh, evidence against them right and i think when you were saying 10 20 30 miles in a buckboard at a full gallop and everything i'm sitting here kind of scratching my head well i i did too when i read this i yeah. you know that's the bad thing matching about makes history for good listening, though. <laughs> it does it does <laughs> but anyway dr history you did it again and i will say this brought to you by minicasha sales 1321 east main street in burley right across from the airport zach and the rest of the crew number to call 878-2091 the interesting thing about what we're doing on this show though and every week you prove this is that some of the most glorious history and glorious part of our past and heritage comes from the old west uh you know if i could just go back there for even a few days or yeah. a few weeks so I, I would love to just walk through a town or or ride across the prairie or be with the wagon amen. train amen so just for a few days just to see what it was really like. or on a cattle drive leaving texas going to abilene <laughs> yes and you're riding drag oh in the dust <laughs> you wouldn't see anything with no bandana <laughs> bye bye doctor that's right okay oh dr history god bless you man thanks so much you have a good day Jeff. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.